0: Welcome to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Listen to in-depth discussions about different legal fields and hear insights and lessons learned from practitioners across our enterprise. Chapter 11, the Diversity Liaison Program.
1: Welcome to our podcast about the JAG Corps Community's Diversity Liaison Program. I'm Lieutenant Elizabeth Keesling, and I serve as the JAG Special Assistant for Inclusion and Diversity at the Office of the Judge Advocate General, Code 61, which is our Military Personnel Code. And I'm joined today by Captain Tom Leary, the Director of Code 61, Lieutenant Damon Berman, currently assigned to Code 13, our Administrative Law Code, Lieutenant Chris Ironroad, a law clerk at the Navy Marine Corps Court of Criminal Appeals, and Lieutenant Dong Lee, a prosecutor at the Office of Military Commissions. Thank you all for taking part in this podcast. Now, as many of you listening may know, one of Code 61's primary missions is recruiting. The Diversity Liaison Program is part of our larger recruiting mission. Kathy Leary, can you explain what the Diversity Liaison Program is?
2: Sure. Thanks, Elizabeth. Uh, the Diversity Liaison Program is uh, it's a relatively recent vintage. And uh, it's a program that's aimed at strengthening our existing relationships uh, and forging new relationships with national and student diversity organizations. Now <laughs> under the program, uh, we have our, our ex- exceptional Navy judge advocates that, that we identify, um, essentially hand-selected to, uh, to participate in the program, and we assign them to act as uh, sustained partners with national and student diversity organizations. Uh, and through the program. And through the dedicated roles that uh, the, these outstanding officers perform, uh, it's our hope that, that we'll see increased, substantive, and more open communication between the JAG Corps and these organizations, uh, and an increased and more valuable interactions um, with those community leaders and, from a recruiting standpoint, with potential applicants. Um, we're really trying to leverage established networks uh, to build new ones, and then on top of those networks to really thicken and deepen the relationships that we have with these very important national and student diversity organizations. Um, and then, Elizabeth, I know you um, were here at the, at the uh, time that the program was established um, and were certainly integral in, in getting it off the ground. So I'm wondering if, if you can tell us a little bit about the genesis of the program, uh, how it began, um, and how you've seen it grow over the uh, about a uh, year and a half or two years that it's been up and running.
1: Yes, sir, Absolutely. So the JAG Corps has been building relationships with national and student diversity organizations for years. Uh, In fact, we have been attending um, certain national conferences for more than a decade. Now, previously, the Special Assistant for Inclusion and Diversity acted as the main liaison for all 12 national and student diversity organizations, and we started to see a lack of continuity between the JAG Corps and these organizations every time my position turned over. So the organizations would spend two years getting to know whoever was filling my role, Um, and then felt frustrated when someone new came in and they had to sort of rebuild that entire relationship. We're used to it in the military, but it's not something that these organizations are used to, and it was frustrating for them. So the Diversity Liaison Program was created to give organizations better continuity with us. Under the program, as you said, sir, each organization is assigned two judge-advocate liaisons, and these are folks who stay in constant contact with the organizations. They attend their national and regional events, they meet with potential applicants. They build relationships with organization leadership, and much more. And the longer the program has been in existence, the more results we've seen, um, including increased interactions with potential applicants and increased invitations for our liaisons to attend and speak at organization events. And we're very lucky to have with us today three of our liaisons, Lieutenant Damon Berman, Lieutenant Chris Ironroad, and Lieutenant Dong Lee. Now, all of you occupy, occupy very different roles across our organization. Can you please talk to us about what role each of you play in the Diversity Liaison? Um, and we'll start with you, Lieutenant Berman.
3: Yes, this is Lieutenant Berman. And uh, as you mentioned, I am one of the liaisons for the uh, Nabalsa, so the National Black Law Students Association. And I do that with uh, Lieutenant Commander Mishanda Mosley. You know, we have been able to work very closely with this organization I think in part because of two things. One, the proximity to the national chairs. One happened to be at school with Lieutenant Commander Mosley while she was getting her LLM. And the current chair is at the University of Baltimore and works here in D.C. So we've been able to leverage that relationship and that distance to have really great communication with both both uh, national chairs to discuss the needs that they need, the needs that they see that the Navy JAG Corps can fill as far as helping them with, you know, sitting on panels, being judges at mock trials and moot courts and negotiation sessions. And we do this at the national and the regional level. So just in this past year, we attended, I believe we had four different regional conventions that we sent JAGs to. So we went to Midwest, which is out in St. Louis the southern region, which was in Birmingham, Alabama, we were in, out in the west, which was out in California, uh, not exactly sure what city, and then also Mid-Atlantic, which was down in Norfolk. So by being at these regional events, we're able to interact with students who may not have the necessary means to get to the national, national conference, which is every year in March, and this has allowed us to have more exposure. You know, We're able to talk to more students, throughout the course of the year, and this, is, I think, has helped, you know, get this community exposed to the JAG Corps, because a lot of the conversations that I have with students are just, they have no idea of what the Navy JAG Corps or, and any of the services do from a legal standpoint.
1: Great. Thanks, Damon. Um, Lieutenant Lee, can you talk about um, the work you're doing with your organization?
0: Sure. Um, hey, good morning. This is Lieutenant Dong Lee. Um, you know, like you said, I'm one of the diversity liaisons for NAPABA and NAPALSA. Um NAPABA is the National Asian Pacific American Bar Association, and Nepalsa is the law student organization under them. And, you know, they're the national organization of approximately 50,000 Asian Pacific American attorneys and law students. Um, I have been involved with the organization actually since I was a law student from back in 2009. Um, each law school has its own division of this organization, and um, I was the president at my school of um, APALSA. Uh, so as one of the diversity liaisons, I um, try to act as the face of the Navy Jack Corps. Um maybe not the prettiest face, but um, a face to the Asian Pacific American law students and lawyers who come to the events that APABA um, hold. Um, and much like Damon um, with uh, BALSA, I try to inform, you know, these participants as much as I can as to who we are and what we do uh, as an organization, and really, um, I just try to break down any misconceptions that they may have about being a lawyer in the military uh, because it's just not as common um, in in our community. And, of course, I do all of this by sharing uh, my general experiences as an Asian Pacific American in the Navy. Um, just to talk a little bit about the events, um, the PABA holds um, a whole long list of events throughout the year, but their main um, event is their national convention that they have annually. Um, at these conventions, they host numerous networking events and panels and different legal issues. Um, and in the past, Navy JAGs have been heavily involved. Uh, w- uh, with this convention. For example, um, Captain Leah Reynolds spoke on a panel about um, women in leadership roles. Um, Lieutenant Misa Sharfin, who is the other diversity liaison, spoke in a resume writing workshop uh, for the law students. And many, many other Navy JAGs, including yourself. I remember Lieutenant Keesling, you were there last year um, at mentoring events and networking events and judging MOOC court tournaments which is also um, held at the same time at the convention. Um, so those are the things that we do. And um, as a diversity liaison, I just, you know, again, try to represent the Navy JAG Corps at this national level where, you know, you know 50,000 attorneys are, uh, and law students potentially show up. Um, I guess i like to add that, you know, even as a law student, um, I attended this very event, you know, in 2011 and 2012, And it was there at this convention where I met numerous JAGs who were of Asian Pacific American descent. And those are the guys who encouraged me to really seek out this career path. So I'm just kind of trying to do the same, pay forward, and um, really inform folks who don't know about the Navy JAG Corps as to what we do and who we are.
1: Great. Thanks, Don. Um, And Lieutenant Ironroad, can you tell us about the work you're doing?
4: Yeah. So my name is Lieutenant Chris Ironroad. I'm an enrolled member of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. Um, I'm the diversity liaison for the Native American law community. Historically, that's, that's typically been the Federal Bar Association's Indian law section, um, but we've been able to establish some pretty good relationships with the National Native American Law Students Association um, more recently. I think historically, we've, we've typically gone to the Federal Bar Association's annual conference that's held each April um as long as I can remember. So before coming into the Navy, I was a private practitioner in Indian law in the field here in D.C. And I actually remember going to, uh, it's called the Fed Bar Conference, basically. I remember going to the conference and, and going to the JAG table um, and meeting with then Commander Hutchison, who is now uh, the senior judge I worked for at the court. It's pretty cool. But So that was kind of the only event that we would go to, um, I think, historically in the Navy. And I think I've been able to leverage some of my connections from my private practice before joining um, and being, being familiar with some of the other opportunities that are out there. Um, The National Native American Law Students Association hosts an annual Moot Corps competition that moves each year. So we, uh, we now participate in that. We have the opportunity to judge at the Moot Corps competition, also to uh, sit on a panel and kind of discuss to the general, general body there, what, what we do as a JAG Corps. And then the, I think the most exciting event that we do uh, for the Native American community is each year rising 1L law students identify, who identify as Native Americans on the uh, the LSAC, the application process for law schools, are invited to attend, and it's called a pre-summer law institute at the University of New Mexico, hosted by the American Indian Law Center uh, there at the university. And so it's an opportunity basically to go in and meet with these rising 1L law students who don't typically have an idea of what really they want to do yet in their legal career. And so it's one of the first things that they hear, you know, first legal career options that, that they hear. And I was able to go actually this past weekend and to present to these students. there's, there's anywhere from 30 to, you know, 50 law students who are there. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a great reception. The first time we did this was last year. And we were able to present there. And then it's kind of a follow-up after that at the Moot Corps competition. There were a number of law students who were at the Moot Corps competition who had first heard about us during the summer at PLSI. Um, and then ordinarily the law students also go to the Indian Law Conference hosted by the Fed Bar. So it's kind of like we're, we're there with them before they start law school and throughout their, their entire law school careers um, if they're interested in Indian law.
1: So. Great, thanks so much, Chris. Sure. Um, so we hear about sort of the work that you all have been doing. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the positive outcomes you've seen since the program's inception? And actually, um, Captain Lear, I'd like to start with you.
2: Sure. Thanks, Elizabeth. Um, yeah, and as the, the director for Code Sixty-One, I mean, we we are often focused on on things like metrics and and uh, tracking statistics. Unfortunately, the program. Uh, with the program's uh, newness, we haven't really had the opportunity to assemble uh, statistically significant numbers yet to be able to determine uh, you know, with a degree of certainty what its successes are and where we might look to improve. That said, uh, anecdotally, I-, I can tell you that we're seeing higher numbers of applications and comments from applicants and, uh, and a higher number of our accessions. Uh, noting that the one of the places that they heard of the Navy JAG Corps or came in touch with the Navy JAG Corps is through these very important national and student organizations. Um, so I, that certainly speaks to the demand signal to to uh, put this program in place and to build on its successes so far. Um, we're hopeful that over the next uh, a couple of years, as the program continues to develop, um, that we'll be able to, to have much better and much more useful numbers uh, that, that we, can, uh, we can then use to, to hopefully drive the program in directions uh, that, it need, that, it, that it might need to expand or might be more useful expanding in. Uh, but more to follow on the numbers. But anecdotally, um, we're certainly seeing some, some really good reflections uh, from, from our student population and from our incoming accessions as far as the, the success of the program.
1: Great. Thank you, sir. Uh, Lieutenant Berman, can you talk to us a bit about some of the successes you've seen with the National Black Law Students Association?
3: Yes, absolutely. So we used to just attend the national convention every year, and we would be there and we would sit on panels and we'd do some judging. But this past year uh, at the national convention, we judged the international mock trial, we judged the moot court, we judged the – I'm sorry, the – negotiation session, we sat on, I think, three or four different panels, and we just have, we were all over that convention. Every time there was something going on, there was Navy JAG Corps representation, which was a significant increase in just the level of participation that we had, and I think that is due to just having more open communication with the national chairs and the executive team. Uh, We also think a really big thing this year was Nabalsa named an annual award after Vice Admiral Crawford Um, from here on out. And he was the first recipient of the Vice Admiral James Crawford Trailblazer Award, recognizing his achievements as the first African-American Judge Advocate General of any military service. Um, In addition, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame for his accomplishments as well. So from here on out, there's gonna be, the Navy JAG is gonna be spoken at the Nabalsa, you know, this trailblazer lunch every year. And at that lunch this past year, we gave the opening remarks. We had uh, Captain Sanders and Captain uh, Robert Sanders and Captain David Wilson both gave, you know, brief remarks about JAG and about the Navy so, you know, we had a captive audience at an opportunity to share their, our experiences and what drove us and brought us to the JAGCOR prior to that luncheon. So, you know, the opportunities that we have had due to this liaison relationship has been tremendous. Uh, we are still working with Nabalsa right now to attend some job fairs. Which is a first. You know, in the past we would get the information after the job fairs have already occurred. But we just recently got the email, I think two weeks ago, about job fairs that are coming up in the in the fall. So we're trying to pull the strings to see if we can participate in some of those. So I think a lot of our success has just been about being present and having and more communication with the organization that has allowed us to help them help us, and it's been, so far, has been very beneficial.
1: That's great. Thanks so much, Damon. Um, Lieutenant Lee, can you tell us about what you're seeing with the National Asian Pacific American Law Students Association?
0: Sure, of course. Um, I mean, very similar to uh, Lieutenant Berman's, but, um, you know, there's been a a lot of involvement with the Navy JAGs and, you know, many of the events, including the Moot Corps Tournament. Uh, This tournament is... Uh, held at the convention in November, but leading up to it, there are regional tournaments as well in um, various cities, and Navy Jags have been uh, part of it, not only just as volunteer judges, but organizing uh, some of the logistics of the tournament as well. Um, Not only that, uh, uh, Commander Sylvain Wong uh, was also recognized uh, by NAPABA uh, with an award. NAPABA actually created... um, its first ever military and veteran service award this year or this past year and um, for it uh, it was Commander Wong uh, obviously a Navy JAG who was recognized for it and you know it's really exciting to see that um, not only because um, you know she, she, she deserves it but also at a bigger level where you know the Asian Pacific American community is recognizing you know uh, lawyers serving in the military and, and that um, it, it can be a normal thing and not just a you know, just a unique thing that, that you know, we weren't familiar with um, from back in the day. Um, additionally, just uh, at a groundwork level, um, you know, we were able to talk to a lot of law students and also other practicing attorneys. And um, even after the convention, uh, you know, we relationships are formed where, you know, a lot of these folks are contacting me and contacting the other diversity liaison, you know, asking questions about the Navy uh, being in the Jack Corps. And, and um, I'm probably, you know, I'll probably say that, you know, two of the folks that, you know, we were directly communicating with have been uh, recently accepted and commissioned into the Navy Jack Corps. So I think that's a, you know, direct example of, of success of having uh, these liaisons with uh, Nepaba and Nepalsa.
1: Absolutely is. And I will add that um, Lieutenant Lee was also the recipient of an award at this year's annual convention. He was named one of the um, best 40 under 40 lawyers. So congratulations for that, Lieutenant Lee.:
3: Thank
0: you so much. Thank you.
1: Um, Lieutenant Ironrod. will you talk to us about um, the successes you're seeing with your organizations?
4: Yeah, I think our, our interactions are, are, you know, pretty new. So, so I don't know that we're seeing much on the back end at this point in time, but just one example is last year, like I said, was the first time we presented at this pre-Summer Law Institute before you know about a body of about 40 incoming 1L law students. Um, that was in July. Fast forward to the moot, the annual Moot Court competition that's held in March, um, where I was able to judge some rounds and speak on a panel. During that time, the three days that I was there, I was able to speak with, I would say roughly, a dozen to maybe two dozen of the students came up and said that they had they had, they had, were at PLSI while I gave the presentation and that you know made an impression on them. They asked more questions about about the JAG Corps, I was able to talk to them about internship, externship opportunities that that come that we have available for them. Um, so I'm hopeful that we see here in the near future. Um, hopefully, this next board an increase in in applicants who identify as Native Americans.
1: Great. Thanks, Chris. Um, You know, I've been in this job for two years now, and so I have been able to see these relationships developed with um, these organizations, and I can just say that you all have done such an amazing job forging these relationships, strengthening them. Um, The difference is so clear to me when I look at where we were and where we are now. So thank you all for everything that you've done. Um, And I also want to add... um, that last year one of our LGBT National Bar Organization diversity liaisons, Lieutenant Paul Wagoner, and my incoming replacement, Lieutenant Jen Johnson, became the very first active duty recipients from any service of the LGBT Bar's Best LGBT Lawyers Under 40 Award. So that was also a very big deal and we're very proud of them. Um, I'd like to shift a little now to talk um, specifically about diversity. Um, So what does diversity mean in the Navy JAG community, and how is that different um, from inclusion? Lieutenant Lee, um, we'll start with you on this one.
0: Sure. Um, I think uh, this can be answered in a couple different ways, but I think diversity is really, uh, you know, the who and the what. So, like, who's sitting around the table, um, who's being recruited, who's being promoted, who is, you know, the attorney advising the commander, who are the warfighters, and, you know, things like that. Um, But when we're talking about inclusion, I think it's um, really, ha- really the how. So to expand on that, I think um, inclusion is, you know, how what are we doing and how are we implementing ways to welcome and embrace the different uh, types of people uh, and embracing the diversity. Um, so I think inclusion can mean more than just acknowledging the differences, though. Uh, so, for example, um, you know, just, uh, having mutual respect for the different qualities and experiences that people may have coming from a uh, different background. And I think uh, more importantly, uh, you also have to recognize that there are personal or, or cultural or you know institutionalized uh, discrimination um, and how they exist and they can exist. Um, but when we're talking about diversity and inclusion, I think – It's about what we're going to do about that, and I think having programs like the diversity liaisons um, and having this open communication about it and with the leaders of the community is uh, a way forward when we're talking about diversity.
1: Thank you, Dong. Um, So, Captain Larry, can you talk to us about why diversity and inclusion are so important to the future of our Navy JAG community?
2: Sure. Thanks, Elizabeth. Yeah, and I, I look at this issue through a couple of different lenses, and I'll, I'll take a step back from from diversity for just a second um, to to underscore a little bit of why I think this program and and programs like it, frankly, are are so important. Um, statistically, less than one percent of the of the United States population uh, serves in in the military, um, and when you when you kind of think about that number, less than 1%, it creates a situation where the military in many ways can be disconnected from the civilian population. Um, And and we hear, I've heard any number of anecdotes of of people who, you know, I may be the only person in the military that they know, um, which is remarkable when you think about it and when you think about how, uh, important our our role is, the, the military, not just the JAG Corps, but the military's role is um, in supporting and defending the Constitution and, and, and standing for the principles that the, the nation uh, stands for. Um, I think the Diversity Lia- Liaison Program stands, among other things, for the proposition that it is in part the military's responsibility to bridge the gap that can exist between the military and the civilian population. Um, we, we can often just sort of sit here in our ivory tower and, and, and hope that civilians reach out to us and, you know, a couple of times a year say, you know, thanks for your service and call it good. But I think this program does much more than that in a very specific area, and it helps us build that bridge to, to the civilian population, to, to civilians that are potentially interested in what it is that we do for a living and, and what it is that we do for the nation. The other lens that I, I uh, look at this through, though, is, is obviously the, the more mission-focused and, and pragmatic lens as the Division Director for Code 61, and that's, that's our objective of winning what the CNO has referred to as the war for talent um, and, and the, the criticality of of our ability in the JAG Corps to recruit and retain uh, the very best and brightest that our nation has to offer uh, in the interests of providing the best darn legal advice that we can provide to commanders, um, to litigate effectively, uh, and and all of the other roles and responsibilities that that judge advocates um, play uh, for our Navy. Diversity is a key component of that. Um, It's uh, you know, the, the very reality of the fact is that our navy is diverse, that our military is diverse, um, and the JAG Corps um, needs to attract and develop and retain a highly, a high quality, and highly diverse workforce um, in order to value that culture of inclusion um, and to strengthen our our collective ability um, to to pursue solutions to the hard problems that we're going to be presented with today, tomorrow, and in the years to come. Uh, so it's 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 more than just about uh, percentages and you know how how many of this person this type of person do we have how many of that type of person do we have it's a It's a much more um, holistic and it's a much much more i think inchoate calculation if you will um but it but it's really about um, recruiting and you know being able to attract and recruit and retain the very best and brightest and we do that by being diverse and the the Diversity Liaison Program really does, um, I think, build a bridge from the military to the civilian population in the first instance, but then also shows that there is a bridge for those civilians in law school who may be practicing law um, and interested in coming into the military, that there's a bridge to us as well. Um, so I think it's a, it's a beautiful piece of a two-way street um, between the military and the civilian population that emphasizes the criticality of diversity to our, to our accomplishment of the mission.
1: Thank you, sir. So I'd like to talk now, hear from our liaisons about what we can expect from them and their organizations um, in the near future. Uh, Lieutenant Iron Road, why don't you start? What, what's coming up for you and your organization?
4: So we do three events a year. We actually just wrapped up the last one, so it's really just kind of following up with the students, I think letting the organizations know about um, externship, externship opportunities that will, that will present themselves for the fall. Um, and the spring semesters, and then really just kind of prepping for uh, the moot court competition that will come up uh, March 1st and 2nd of 2019. I just got an email today from the new vice president of the National the American Law Students Association, um, kind of confirming our attendance on that. So so we just do three events a year, and we've kind of wrapped it up for this year, but staying engaged, just in communication right now until, until kind of the, the, you know, March of next year.
1: Great. Thanks, Chris. Lieutenant Lee, what can we expect from you and your organization?
0: Sure. Um, Nepaba and nepalsa they're going to host their national convention in November. Um, this year it's going to be held in Chicago. Um, for this convention, there's going to be a moot court tournament at the national level. Um, there will be panels and, you know, many ways uh, for Navy Jacks to get involved and also to recruit. Uh, but leading up to it, there are going to be regional events and tournaments as well. Um, Uh, Some of the regional events will be held, one at the uh, Wisconsin Law School, another at uh, University of Washington Law School in Seattle, and the other one at Nova Southeastern University at Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So, you know, many opportunities for all of us to get involved and also to um, seek out uh, potential recruits as well.
1: Thanks, Dong. And uh, we'll finish up with you, uh, Lieutenant Berman. Can you talk to us about what's on the horizon for the National Black Law Students Association?
3: Yes, yeah, so we plan on participating in um, several of the academic retreats that the regions will have. As I mentioned, the BALSA has, I think, about six or seven different regions, kind of like spread out uh, similar to our Rossos. Um So if you're in one of those regions or you're interested in being a part of you know, in the BALSA recruiting, please reach out to Lieutenant Kiesling, myself, or Lieutenant Commander Mosley, and we can see where we can, you know, get someone down to some of these academic retreats and these regional conventions to support in the BALSA and to reach out to these recruits. We also will have the National Convention, which will be in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is in March 2018. And we're hoping, we're trying to pull the strings and see if we can get this to, to work, but that um, Vice Admiral, who then will be retired, Vice Admiral Crawford, will present his award to the next recipient. So that will be a pretty interesting and uh, fun conference in Little Rock, Arkansas, March of 2018.
1: Great. Thank you, Damon. and Thanks, all of you, for sharing. Uh, Some of our listeners might be interested in getting involved with the Diversity Liaison Program. Um, So our liaisons are appointed to serve for five or more years in order to create that continuity that we're looking for between the organizations. Um, So the the actual liaison slots will probably open up... um, relatively infrequently. However, Code 61 is always, always looking for people to assist at both national and regional diversity conferences um, with reaching out to local law school diversity organizations. So if you have any interest at all in getting involved with the liaison program, please contact me or any of our liaisons liaisons, and we'll be happy to link you up with the appropriate organization um, and get you involved. So our time is up. I want to take a moment to thank all of our liaisons, including those who were not able to participate in today's podcast, for the incredible work they've done with their organizations over the last year. We're looking forward to seeing what you all do in the coming year. Thank you. Code 61 out.
0: You have been listening to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Visit jag.navy.mil for additional chapters of this podcast series. Thank you for tuning in.